0: So every year I remind us, and we actually remind you regularly as well, what our mission is as a church so we don't lose sight of the most important things in our life, Jesus. Now let me begin by sharing just some basics about the church. These are things that would be true for almost every Bible-believing, Jesus-centered church, no matter where you went in the world. The first thing is this. The number one reason that we exist as a church is because Jesus Christ died on a cross for our sin. That he rose again to conquer death and has poured out the Holy Spirit on you and me and on people of every generation so that we can live for Jesus. The number one reason we exist as a church is because of Jesus. We're not here for us. We're here for Him. And the moment that we stray from the truth about our mistakes, our sin, that Jesus died on the cross and rose again, and that we all need forgiveness and a Savior, we will cease to be the church of Jesus Christ, and frankly, we just become a social club. Now, social clubs aren't bad. Maybe you're a part of a different one. Like maybe you go with some friends to golf, or you maybe you sew with some people, or maybe you watch the Seahawks together. Whatever your social club is, that's great, but we're talking about the Savior of the world, amen? That's that's the church of Jesus Christ, and it's really important. What we learn is that without Jesus, we are nothing, but with Jesus, we have everything. We have the truth, and we understand it, and we want others to. To understand it as well so the number one reason we exist as a church is because of Jesus another thing to remember about Jesus Church is the church of Jesus Christ is global this is a God idea have you noticed that God ideas are always global have you noticed that God ideas are always good for everybody not just for people in Cheney not just good for Americans They're good for everybody. And so the church of Jesus Christ is global. It's a global church. And the global church is every single person that believes in Jesus Christ around the world. This is God's heart. Let me show it to you from his word. In Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20, and in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3, we see this truth communicated. In in Matthew 28, it says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus was talking about himself. Then he says, Therefore, go and make disciples, and then this little phrase, of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all the commands I have given you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. See, Jesus declared that all of the nations are worthy of his salvation, and you and I are called to go into them. In 1 Timothy 2, he said, This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. See, God wants relationship with all people, with people of every nation, of every tribe, of every language, Everywhere around the world, everyone created in his image is worthy of his salvation. People of every nation, he wants everyone to understand the truth about Jesus Christ and have an opportunity to believe in Jesus as their Savior. So the church is global. That means that wherever you go in the world, you can find a church, especially one that believes in God's word and that believes in Jesus Christ as their Savior you will find some very similar things even similar things to our church several years ago actually maybe I should say decades now several decades ago I was in England and we went and ate at a McDonald's and when we ate at this McDonald's I I found some things interesting there was a whole lot of similarities to the McDonald's that I used to eat at in in the United States same decor same tables, same chairs, same menu, same McDonaldland cookies, which I was really happy about. Being far from home, it's good to know that Land cookies are always available everywhere. <laughs> so there were all these similarities that I noticed. There were a couple cultural differences because every culture is a little bit different, and so they market to that culture a little bit differently. But it was pretty much the same. That's true in the church as well. You can go anywhere in the world and if you find a a group of believers that believe in Jesus Christ, you'll find some similar things. Like you'll probably show up and they'll pray. And you'll be like, what weird. We pray too. (laughs) Now one of the things you might not find that is a blessing to us is you may travel around the rest of the world and you may not find that everybody has their own Bible. That's why this should be one of the most important and precious things we have, amen? The written Word of God that you and I probably have five to ten of in our home. Lots of people don't have any of them. But you might find there might be one Bible, maybe the pastor has it and he preaches from it and he talks about it and he talks about Jesus and he talks about the Holy Spirit and he talks about how to live for Jesus and he's a great communicator and you think, wow, it's just like that at my church too. And so you'll, you could travel anywhere in the world and you'll discover some very similar things. Why is that? Well, because this is God's idea. This is Jesus' church. We're his bride and we're his people. And so anywhere you go, you will find the church of Jesus Christ honoring and living for him. And Sheeney Faith Center is a part of the global church of Jesus Christ. Another important basic about the church is that every believer in Jesus Christ is a part of the mission of Jesus. Every every person is on mission for Christ. In Matthew 28, Jesus said, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Now, here's what's interesting. It doesn't say, therefore, only pastors and missionaries should go and make disciples therefore go and make disciples he was talking to everyone he's talking to all of us see the church is different we're like a group of people and we're a team but we're unlike a sports team like on a sports team only certain people get to play in the game right like the water boy he didn't get to play in the game (laughs) the cheerleaders they don't get to play in the game Although that might be kind of funny, come to think of it. There's lots of people on the sidelines. They don't get to play in the game. Now, they got a little pass to get on the sideline, but they're not in the game. Not true in the church. All of us are called to play in the game. In fact, I would go as far as to say all of us are required to play in the game. All of us are told... In the Bible, several times, you need to figure out how to play in the game. In fact, you have a gift for the game. And I've given you talents that are meant to be used in the game of life, in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So every believer around the world is part of Jesus' mission to make disciples. Now, let me give you four quick ways and simple ways, I think, to personally be a part of Jesus' mission. The first one is probably the easiest and is something all of us can do, and that is to pray. All of us can pray. All of us can talk. All of us can think. All of us can present our heart to God. So prayer is the first thing that you and I can do to help the global church and help Cheney Faith Center fulfill its mission. We can pray for the lost. Pray for people that you know that don't know Jesus, your neighbors, your coworkers, your family. Pray for people around the world that don't know Jesus. Pray for lost people. Pray for leaders in the church, people that are in the church now, and people like Stephen who's figuring out how to become a leader in the church. Pray for the church to have leaders in it, good leaders. And pray for your leaders to stay true to Jesus, amen? I'll be the first to say, I want you praying for me. It's a tough world out there. And when I signed up to be a pastor, you know what I put on my chest? A target. Put a target on my chest. And so I need some people to help me. Say, Lord, would you just be with Pastor Mark because that target's on his chest? Help him out. And Lord, help him root for the Seahawks. I don't know what's up with him. (laughs) Don't pray the second part. No, it's fine. Pray for people to believe in Jesus. Amen. Pray for people in our city, on the West Plains, and to the ends of the earth. Pray for people to come to know Jesus as your Savior. Pray for our church and for every church to be full of the Holy Spirit, to walk in the Spirit more than we do in our selfishness. Pray for each of us to discover our spiritual gift and to use it. Pray for miracles to happen in the church so the people all around the world will see that Jesus is alive today. Pray for missionaries and pastors to answer the call of God on their lives and to go into the world full time. Secondly, give financially. We pray and we give. Give financially to the gospel of Jesus Christ, to the go- Global Church and to Cheney Faith Center, because that money is used, that gift is used to make disciples. When you give, you are helping the church fulfill Jesus' mission all around the world. When we give, we help buy ministry items for children and youth and adults and people in our church. When we give, we employ pastors and missionaries around the world that can use all of their time to serve Jesus and to make disciples and to help us grow. When we give, we help people serve in our city. We also help serve the people in our city as we have reserves to give people help when they need uh, to pay a heating bill or make an extra payment here or an extra payment there or to just get some food. We have those reserves that we can help people with when we give financially. Third, serve. Learn to serve. Learn to get off the bench and in the game. Figure out how Jesus has made you and gifted you and talented you and start using what you have for Jesus. See, I believe, because the word declares it, that the Holy Spirit has deposited a spiritual gift inside of you. And that spiritual gift is meant to be used in the church and outside the church. He's also given you talents. And those talents can be used for Jesus as well. Have you noticed that some people are better at some things than others? I have. Is that a bad thing? No, it's a God thing. (laughs) Like, I think it's really cool when people are super musical, right? Like, they have just awesome talents. Wasn't it cool to see Dustin on the drums this morning? I don't know where he is, but Dustin, that was awesome. (laughs) Way to go on the drums. Wherever you are, he's probably in the foyer drinking coffee. I don't know. Because he was here early. How many youth do you know get up early to use their talents for Jesus? He did. I'm super excited for him. But he can play the drums. You don't want to hear me on the drums. It's not my talent. And it would frustrate every single one of you in the room because you'd be like, how come Cooper's playing one thing and Mark's playing another thing? Like, that's because my ear doesn't work that way. Some of you... Some of you men and women have talents with your hands. Like ladies, you can sew and make any craft and do anything. Turn, you can turn a pine cone into the most beautiful decoration ever. And I'm like, wow. And some of you guys are like, man, you can use your hands to make wood things and metal things. And I still struggle to change my oil. It's like, man, you have that talent. See, God has given every single one of us a way that we can serve Him. A way that we can use our gifts and our talents so that people can see Jesus in us and we're called to use it. There's lots of ways to serve Jesus in the church and in our community. For instance, repeat after me. Ready? This is a repeat. Hi. Hi. Thanks for coming to Cheney Faith Center today. Right, you are all now qualified to be a greeter at the door, right? <laughs> See, it's that easy. You had no idea how much talent you had in you, did you? It was all bottled up in there before, and I just got it out of you. It's sometimes, sometimes serving Jesus is that simple. Hi. Hi. How you doing? That's it. And one thing turns to another. It becomes a cup of coffee. And it becomes a conversation. And it becomes a, how you doing? Can I walk through something with you? And before you know it, you get to share Jesus with something. Simply because you said hi. How many of you can pour water in a cup? Not all of you. Okay, some of you. (laughs) All right, wow, tough crowd. (laughs) I thought we were more talented than that and I just realized, whew, uh, or that or some of you know where I'm going. (laughs) You're like, no, that's the one where he wants me to serve in the nursery. (laughs) I cannot pour water in a cup. No, I cannot squeeze Play-Doh or (laughs) hand out a pencil. But if you can, then you qualify as a faith kids helper, and maybe if you can teach something from a curriculum and you can pass our background check. <laughs> that is thorough, by the way. You might be able to become a teacher in Faith Kids. All of these things are ways that we can serve with each other. Ah, here's another one. Can you make a pot of coffee? I don't know why, but I can't, and it frustrates me. But if you can make a pot of coffee, you can serve in the hospitality ministry. About three weeks ago, um, we had a pastor's meeting here at church, and it was my time to host, and so whoever hosts makes coffee and just has some things ready for the pastors. And so I made some coffee, and I discovered something about the pastors in Cheney. They're very gracious. <laughs> Nobody said a thing. But our staff did. <laughs> when, when the first staff member had a cup of coffee, they said, Who made this? <laughs> and I went to my office dejected with my head low because I can't make coffee. And I don't drink coffee, so I have an excuse there. But I either make it way too strong or way too diluted. But I don't know. I just cannot figure out the correct ratio for coffee. It's probably because I'm also bad at math. (laughs) And that's another talent that I do not have. And uh, if you remember school, you do remember that God has gifted some with math and some with not, right? And then some with English and some with not. And then some of us were gifted with basketball. And then some were not. If I only could have gotten credit for that. (laughs) That would have been great. But if you can make a cup of coffee, if you can squeeze some Play-Doh, if you can say hi, if you can use a computer mouse, you can be on our video team. Sometimes the ways that we need to serve Jesus are really small. You think they're small, but they're not. Nothing's small in the kingdom. There's nothing small about a hi at the door. There's nothing small about, I don't know about you, I love having the right words on the screen, (laughs) right? I I like that stuff. (laughs) What'd somebody say? Somebody's got, (laughs) right, 64. Somebody is number 64, right? I like having that stuff. I like it to be done well. And if you can do that, then you're ready. Even in our community, (laughs) you can coach a sports team, right? Bobby does. I'll give you one guess which sport he teaches. <laughs> Gymnastics. You're right. You knew it. <laughs> That's right. Yes, he's a very flexible guy. <laughs> yeah, the first time I saw him in tights, I was like, <laughs> yeah. You can coach a sports team at Parks and Rec in Cheney. You can mentor a student at school. You can take bite to go to Betts Elementary. You can pick up trash. You can rake leaves for a neighbor. You can shovel snow for the elderly person down the street. You can serve at Feed Cheney. There's tons of ways in our community that we can get involved and jump in. And before you know it, people are wanting to know about Jesus simply because we served. So jump in. Lastly, Share Jesus with the world. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, that our words are very powerful. And you and I have something inside of us that is the most powerful thing in the world. Because before I knew Jesus, I was a zombie. I was a walking dead person. But now, I have life. I have hope. I have love peace and joy because of jesus because somebody used the power of their words to tell me about jesus and i believed when that happens for each of us our life changes and now because it's happened for us we need to be the ones that share jesus with our world and use the power of our words, and give the life of Jesus Christ away so that people can believe in him too. So pray, give, serve, and share Jesus with the world. Now, every local church also has specific strategic plans that help them make disciples in their area, in their city, in their region, in their county, in their state. And I want to remind you this morning of Chini Faith Center's strategic plan to make disciples. This is what the Holy Spirit has given us to put on paper and, and kind of leads us and guides us as a church. So the Holy Spirit gave us this mission statement a couple years ago. This is our mission statement and I want to remind you of it but I also want us to look at it together so Ruth's gonna put it on the screen and I'd like us to read it together this is our mission statement ready we exist to help others know Jesus and live for him daily we exist to help people know Jesus and live for him daily this is our mission this is how we make disciples this is our calling as a church And it's because we want people to believe in Jesus as their Savior. That's the no part. But we also want every single one of us to live for Jesus every day. We don't want to just have a fly-by-the-seat-of-our-pants conversation with Jesus or a belief one time, and then we never change our life or never transform our life, never live for Him. So that's the second part. We've also got to learn to live for Jesus daily. We'll talk about that more. Now, we also had to discover that we need to define what it means to be a disciple. If we're going to make disciples, then we have to have a definition of a disciple. The good thing is the Bible gives us one. And so we, we discovered in Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, what it means to be a disciple. And what's great is this little tiny verse was the verse that Jesus used to call his disciples into relationship with him. And it's such a simple verse. It simply says this. Come, follow me, Jesus said. I will make you fishers of men. In this little simple verse, Jesus defines what it means to be a disciple. The first thing he said was follow me. What that means is you go from being self-ruled to Christ-ruled. In other words, you stop live in your own way, and you start living Jesus' way. You start honoring God's word with your life and obeying God's word and putting it into practice. You stop following yourself, and you start following Jesus. And every single one of us has to make that decision where we say, I'm going to follow the Lord. The second part is, I will make you. Where Jesus simply says, I'll help you i will make you and this is where jesus transforms how we see the world what we value and consider important that begins to change because before jesus do you remember i was the most important thing (laughs) what i valued the most was me what i also valued was what the culture told me have you noticed that our culture doesn't always live for jesus anybody else notice that besides me Why is that? Well, because Jesus has a way that he desires for people to live, but the enemy of our soul, Satan himself, also has a way that he wants all mankind to live. And so what we see in our culture and the sin that we see our culture gravitate to is Satan's way of getting you and I stuck. And before we know it, we've totally lost connection with our Creator with our Heavenly Father, with Jesus himself, because now, instead of following him, I've followed myself. And so Jesus says, I will make you. I'll help you see the world like I see it. I'll help you understand what's true and what's not, what's right and what's wrong, and I'll help you see all of that. I'll help make you into what I've always wanted you to be, and you'll understand that that's a good thing. The last thing is fishers of men. This is where we join Jesus in his mission to love a lost and dying world. Once we've decided to follow him and now we're letting Jesus transform us, we discover that we are called to be on mission. We're called to get off the bench and into the game. Now, we wanted to make a way or or help us make disciples and have things like a mission statement and slogans and those things that help us have a simple, memorable, and doable way to make disciples. Now, lots of local churches do this. We have as well. Businesses do this as well. They, they have a, a slogan to help you understand an easy-to-remember phrase that helps us, well, Buy their product, go to their restaurant, enjoy their stuff. And I'm going to give you a business or a product, and I want you to tell me the slogan. Just yell it out. When I give you the business, you yell out the slogan McDonald's. Right. Ba-da-da-da-da. There we go. Thank you very much. Subway? Eat fresh, that's right. Nike? Just do, it. Just do it. Maybelline? That's right. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. Kentucky Fried Chicken? Finger licking good. Skittles? Oh, you Seahawks fans know that one. <laughs> Kellogg's Frosted Flakes? They're great. They're great. Red Bull? Energizer. That's right. Keeps going and going and going. Now, here's the one that might be a trick because I actually have a few different slogans, but the Marines. That's right. The few, the proud, the Marines. The other one is? Semper Fi. Thank you very much. That's a Marine over there. And I thought he would say it with gusto, but it was kind of like... I, kn- yeah, I know you're proud to be a Marine. You can say it. It's good. <laughs> this one, it's a lie, but we should talk about it anyway. M and M's. melt in my hand. I don't know about <laughs> you, but the first M M&M and M I got in my hand as a boy in Southern Nevada when it was 120 degrees in the summer. <laughs> this is not a candy. This is now a milkshake. What is? They melt in your hand. I don't know who came up with that slogan, but it is not true. Okay, how, here's another one. Cheney Face Center. Very good, very good. Give yourself a pat on the back. Know, grow, go. That's ours. We want to help people know Jesus, grow in Jesus, and go for Jesus. This is our memorable, simple, doable way of helping all of us in our discipleship pathway. Because all of us are on this path of being great disciples. Some of us are at the very beginning. Maybe some of us don't even know Jesus yet. You need to follow him first. And then you're going to be on your path to love and serve Jesus. Now here's the great part. Our slogan, our No grow, no Go, it matches Matthew 4.19. We actually looked at this verse and came up with words that would match the verse. No is follow me. We want people to know Jesus. That's the follow me part. Now, know doesn't mean you know who Jesus is. It's not enough to just know who Jesus is. You can take any College Religion 101 course and know who Jesus is. That's not what we're talking about. Because just because you know who Jesus is doesn't mean you have relationship with him. I know who Harrison Ford is but he's not my buddy. He's not my best friend. I certainly wouldn't fly with him. (laughs) The first step to know Jesus is to believe in Jesus as your personal Savior, to confess your sin, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, and you will be saved, Romans 10.9 says. The first step to knowing Jesus is to say, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm I'm not going to rule my life anymore. I'm going to let him rule my life. And I'm going to stop living for me, and I'm going to start living for the Holy Spirit and God's word. To know Jesus means you have a real, authentic relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ, and you are letting the Holy Spirit lead your life. This is a real thing. You know who Jesus is because he is your best friend he is your Savior he is your God you know him second is grow the grow is matched to the I will make you part because this is what we spend most of our Christian life doing growing we spend most of our time figuring out how to live for Jesus every day we grow now at Genie Faith Center we try as hard as we can to get you into what we call relational environments. That means we're trying all the time to get you to to meet together, to, to go to a life team and get into a small group, go to a rooted group, attend Financial Peace University or some other class that helps you get connected relationally in the church. Why do we do that? Because we believe that we grow best together and second it is impossible for me to be good friends with everybody that's literally impossible and by the way it's not a good thing some of you if you hung out with me more than just Sunday morning you might discover I don't like this guy too much (laughs) he's weird I hate his football team and I don't even what is wrong with him he can't make a pot of coffee? Jeez. Here's the thing. We need each other. We need each other. And when we choose to only come to church on Sunday morning, you are missing out on a huge part of your faith. You're missing out on serving others, on them serving you, and you're missing out on the blessing Of the relationships that God wants you to have in your church and in your community because He loves you. Now that only happens as you get outside of your comfort zone a little and start going to a life team or to a rooted group. I'll encourage you, just go to our website, they're all listed there. You can go to a rooted group or go to a life team. By the way, if you go to a life team and you don't like it, that's fine. Go to a different one. We know that there's some people that like vanilla, and some people like chocolate, and some people like strawberry. That's why there's 31 flavors. That doesn't bother us. We don't say everybody in our church has to be chocolate, and if you don't like chocolate, well, just go find strawberry somewhere else. That's not what we think. We know everybody's different. And some people you're going to like and some people you're going to connect with and other people you're not. That's okay. You still have to love everybody. And that's why we have relational environments everywhere in our church. Now, let me just say this. The most important and the best relational environment is family. That's the God-created foundational, relational environment that God wants for everybody. Good families, great godly families make great societies. When we start throwing the family out, society struggles. Have you noticed that? That's what's happening. As Satan attacks the family and makes the family a target, and is destroying everything about family, our society is struggling. It's struggling to honor one another and be kind to one another and be gentle with one another and respect one another and honor authority above us. We're struggling with all of those things that you learn in your family. And so family is first. And then we try to have great relational environments here at Chini Faith Center. That's why we have great faith kids and phenomenal youth groups and rooted groups and life teams and all kinds of things that meet. And I just want to encourage you to jump into one of our relational environments this next winter quarter. That's how we grow. The last part is go. This is when a disciple gets off the bench, gets in the game. The go part is the, the part where we, we finish the circle. If being a disciple is like a circle, then at some point, you you came to know Jesus, and then you began to grow. But the way you finish the life of a disciple is you begin to make another disciple. You help somebody else come to know Jesus, and they come to know Jesus, and they begin to grow, and they make a disciple. And then that disciple helps somebody else follow Jesus, and they grow. And they go, and you can see that it just continues around the world and in our city. So you and I are called to go. We're all called to make a disciple. And sometimes, most of the time, it's as easy as leaving your home, walking out the front door. Because when you walk out the front door and you go to work or you go to the park or you go for a jog or you go to the gas station, wherever you're going, whatever you're doing... You're now on mission for Jesus. You're now at that point where your everyday life is going to say something about Jesus because the way we live tells people what we believe. The way we talk tells people what we value. What we say no to communicates what we say yes to. And what we say yes to communicates what we say no to. But it's as simple as living your life for Jesus. Just walk out your front door and start honoring Jesus with your life. And start living out his word. And you will discover that you become a disciple on mission. You become a disciple that is going and making disciples. And here's what's really cool. The Holy Spirit will just open the doors for you. He'll just begin to bring people in your life that you can share Jesus with. When you walk out your door every day, ready to go for Jesus, he'll provide people that need him, and you'll get to share Jesus. So this is our simple, memorable, and doable way to make disciples. Genie Faith Center exists to help people know Jesus and live for him daily. And our slogan is know, grow, and go. Would you stand with me this morning?